0: Hello, everyone. Aren't you glad you're here tonight? (laughs) I'm glad I'm here. I'm a first-time visitor. I even got a little chocolate. I mean, gosh, you guys are sweet, you know. Um, But such a, really, such an amazing spirit in this place. I I felt like the Lord was giving you a, a bigger sword for the city. I saw this picture during worship, an amazing worship. Thank you, team. But I saw this picture while we were worshiping of of Jesus just saying, you've been very faithful with the sword I've given you, that I'm increasing the sword, that you're going to have an authority in the city that is going to go beyond your size, beyond what you expect, beyond what the city would even want to receive, that there's an increase of the sword of the Spirit, which is His authority. So, receive that. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Lord, you know where everyone's at tonight. You know what's going on in their hearts. Holy Spirit, you made each one of us, and I pray that you'd speak to each person here tonight, no matter where they are. You know, I felt that the Lord laid someone on my heart, and I'm not going to point you out. He said you would be embarrassed, but someone came here tonight, and it was like, it was a test, stepping out of your comfort zone. And you have been through so many disappointments, and it was like, I don't know if I really want to go tonight, and you chose to come. And it's almost like, because of what you've been through, there's a skepticism, and the Lord says, I want you to know that out of my love, I'm going to meet you. I'm going to heal the wounds. I'm going to touch into the depths of your heart that the times that no one knows how much you sit in your room and just cry. And I'm coming with the anointing of my Spirit, the Comforter, to surround you, and from tonight onwards... I'm going to show you the strength that I have to set you free and strengthen you and cause you to become the person you've always wanted to be. Do that, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, it's so good to be a part of your month of fire. Hey, how's that? A church sets aside a month of fire. And I'm sure that you've uh, spent a lot of time around this verse where John the Baptist was talking and he was baptizing, and he was baptizing, and he was baptizing. I, I, I don't know about you. I grew up in a very traditional church. How many of you grew up in a very traditional church? Okay, quite a lot of you, you know. I was sprinkled and baptized. I'm covered, man, I'm sure. Many of you, many of you know, you know, it's like we just make sure we covered all our bases, right? And so, John, he's baptizing, and uh, they, they are commenting, who are you? You know, are you the Messiah? Are you Elijah who is to come? And he says, guys, you know what? I'll baptize you with water, uh, which is for repentance, but there's one coming who will baptize you with good, <laughs> fire, yeah, fire. It's up there, you know, it's, uh, it's a kind of, it was, wasn't really a trick question, and Jesus baptizes in fire. Now, when you think about fire, I don't know what you think about. Fire is, is great in the cold weather when it's in a nice fireplace. Take fire out of the fireplace, and it can be very destructive. And there are times that many of you have been through a fiery trial. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And sometimes the baptism of fire is a fiery trial, but the blessing of the fire is that it only burns up what doesn't look like Jesus. And some of you have been going through some fiery trials lately. It's like, God, what are you doing? <laughs> Where, if you loved me, Jesus. Any of you ever said that? I've said it plenty. If you loved me, Jesus. Well, out of his love, his fire is coming to burn up everything that doesn't look like him. So, Jesus, I'm asking that your fire would fall in this place tonight. Burn up every veil, burn up every wrong way of seeing you, burn up every spirit of religion, burn up anything that would hinder any person from seeing you as you truly are, in Jesus' name. So tonight, I get to share, it. my wife was here this morning, she, um, she walks around a lot more, so I don't know how she handled this stage, and my wife, she's a walker talker, you know. Carol, she likes to be over there, and then over there, and so... Um, I I don't know how she handled this. Did she manage to stay on the platform? All around, bro. So my wife was here this morning. I'm here tonight, and we get to share on the mandate. And ladies, that's not some guy who takes you out for a meal somewhere, you know. Yeah, you can have a date with a man somewhere else, but tonight is about the mandate. And uh, I think you all know the mandate really well. Chwani knows the mandate really well. I mean, if I had to say what is the Great Commission, you could probably say it in your sleep, I would bet, you know. And the Great Commission in Matthew 28, verse 18, what did Jesus say? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So I want you to stand back and watch what I'm going to do with it, man. I'm going to come and zap the Romans. I'm going to take out all the persecution, all your troubles. I'm going to release so much anointing and and presence and prosperity. You are never going to get messed up again. You're never going to have trials again. Is that what Jesus said? Okay, wrong version. I'm sure most of you have never stuck the promises of Jesus on the fridge that go like this. In this world, I promised you, you will have trouble. (laughs) You see, when Jesus gives us a great commission and He says, I'm with you, He says, I've given you all authority. But when He gets all the authority back from Satan, He says, therefore, you go. How many of you have met Hugo? (laughs) Hugo's the boss, man. Hugo's like... I think I figured out why a lot of Christians don't do the Great Commission. Is they all they're going, You go, <laughs> go for it, you go. You go, the evangelist, man. He's, he, have you met him? He's amazing. But it's you, it's you, it's you. I mean, I love that testimony of, you know, because most of us are the scared Christians who, who are terrified of reaching out to other people. And so Jesus tells them, I want you to go and make disciples of every nation, today celebrating nations. You see, I'm wearing my my very colorful nations outfit. They didn't tell me. I missed the memo. And he says, so you go, you make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm with you always. What did he do after he told them that he's with them always? (laughs) <laughs> he left. <laughs> Have any of you ever tried to figure God out? It's like, God, you said this, and then you did that. It just, you know. So Jesus says, I'm with you always. And immediately after He said that, a cloud appears, and He's taken up into heaven. It's like, I'm with you always. Cheers, guys. <laughs> said Jesus. He tells them to go. He tells them He'll stay, and then He goes. Not only that, but, you know, in Acts 1... He says this to them after, you know, he's talking about going. He says, while staying with them, he ordered them not to go. Go, don't go. I'm here, I'm gone. You know, there's some things you've got to understand about God is that there's a lot of things you won't understand about God. I, I've stopped trying to figure him out. I've stopped trying to figure out how he does things. But he tells you, I want you to go, but before you go, I want you to stay. And what do you need to wait for? He said, Do not go. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for what? Dad's promise, the promise of the Father. So it's like, guys, I want you to go. I want you to be disciple makers. I want you to go and change the world. I want you to go and reach out to others. I want you to make disciples. But if you try and go before you've received the promise of the Father, you will effectively go to heaven, but you won't reach the nations effectively. So, the promise of the Father is what? John baptized with water, as we read in the beginning, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's the fire. That's the fire. So, they're going to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm sure a lot of you here in this place being been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I uh, grew up in a very traditional church, like I said, and uh, I was born on the second pew of the, the Methodist church. And in the Methodist church that I grew up in, there was no Holy Spirit. They, they were very good at teaching the Bible, but no Holy Spirit. In fact, if you raised your hand during worship, the ushers would come and say, you know, please save your questions till afterwards. And it was, you know, we, we in the Methodist church, I had no clue what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was. I had no idea that they were even demons. It was just like, you know, we would have a great message that, uh, any of you in the traditional church, that our service just felt like it was, whew, how can an hour feel so long, Jesus? Come, Jesus, come. So, I'm, you know, I backslid rather, rather wonderfully. I did that well. I'm sure some of you can relate. And uh, having come from this church, I, in my rebellious state, Jesus got me saved on the day I got arrested, and so the police were about to come and fetch me, and I say to my sister, I think, I think this might be the worst day of my life. My father, you know, he, he was a German, uh, very strict disciplinarian, a great man, but I knew that if he knew I was about to get arrested, his Christian son, he would not be happy. So I said to my sister, listen, the cops are about to come and arrest me. I got a message. They're on their way. Would you just be a buffer between me and Dad? And she said, no, you're going to come and sit in the back seat of my car. Her husband sat me down in the back seat of their Toyota Avante. Anyone remember those Avantes? that kind of ages us? I don't really have a gray beard. I diet to create the impression of maturity and wisdom. And so in the back of their car, I get saved. And I feel this incredible peace coming over me. I'm like, man, I will, I'll go to prison. I will do anything for you, Jesus. And I'm born again. And I'm totally transformed that we're in police custody. They eventually say, we don't know how you got caught up with this bad couple of guys, you know, because you don't swear, you don't smoke, you don't drink, you you tell the truth, you're kind. You... And it was just a transformation. So they told the judge, we don't even think he needs to go to court. I mean, I got off scot-free. That's what salvation will do for you. I got, I got off scot-free through Jesus and then scot-free again in the will system. And so I, one day, I'm feeling rather, you know, having pain in my body, and I heard about this church called Rhema. Most of them were like, stay away from the charismaniacs, yeah, and, and tongues don't go near. They pray for people, and they speak in tongues, and you know that if you speak, it, you could get a demonic tongue. Any of you ever heard? Any of some of so, I, I was raised not just traditional, but anti the Holy Spirit, but I'm like, well, apparently they've seen people healed, so I'm going to go, and I'm going to ask them for healing. So there's Ray McCauley's preaching afterwards. I go up to the front, and I'm saying, I, I need healing. And so they pray for me, and they said, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I was like, well, I think I need to go home now. No, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And suddenly I felt this incredible peace come over me, and I'm like, okay. I felt like this might be the Lord. And so I said, all right, I'll receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So they pray, lead me to prayer. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've been a Christian for quite a while, and, and I'm leading this prayer. And everything I've read in the Bible about baptism in the Holy Spirit is the moment you get baptized with the Holy Spirit. What happens? You speak in tongues. So we have the example of Pentecost, right? Remember what happened on Pentecost. We can bring that up. What happened on Pentecost? When the day of Pentecost comes, they're all together in this upper room. Suddenly, the sound of a blowing of a violent wind fills the place and the whole house where they sit in. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire coming upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and did what? Began to speak in tongues. So, I was expecting, I'll receive the baptism, and Holy Spirit's just going to grab my tongue. I mean, it's just going to be, just a flow. And, and nothing happened. Any of you baptized in the Holy Spirit? You're just like, hey, it didn't happen. So I'm like, guys, sorry, it didn't work. I want my money back. I put money in that offering. I want my money back. And they said, no, look, you know, while we're getting around the, the mind barriers and people are still learning about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have to take the first step. Like the priests who put their feet in the Jordan before the water parted, you have to take the first step and God will come through. So I'm like, Well, what's the first step? You have to speak out loud. And as you speak out loud, words that you don't know, then the Holy Spirit will take over. Like my dad did warn me about you guys. So I'm standing there. I'm going, Okay, hallelujah. hallelujah. No, no, you can't pray in English. Hallelujah is not English, it's Greek. They <laughs> said, Well, no Greek either. So like, this is crazy, you know, so they, they said, speak out loud, words that you don't know, like a little child learning a new language just goes, aga, da, da, ba, ba, so, whew, okay. I looked around, there were no Methodists, couldn't see any, so I thought, okay, I'm safe, I, I, I'll do this. No one's going to tell on me, so I go, okay. Okay. Suddenly these words, I had no clue what I was saying. And these words just come out, so I go home. Now, I don't know what my father thinks about baptism in the Holy Spirit or tongues, because, you know, I've been told you can get demonic tongues, stay away from it. I didn't know where he stood on the subject. So, for three nights, I didn't sleep. I just said my head in my pillow. Because I didn't, uh, I later found out he was also baptized in the Holy Spirit. He didn't tell me. He was also keeping a secret. It was like the secret we baptized club in the, in the Methodist church. So now I figure, okay, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be alone in the midst this church. So I was at that stage the youth pastor in the church. So I decided I'm going to go to my youth group and I'm going to say, how many of you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they are all like, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, let's be rebellious against our parents, you know. <laughs> it's cool when you get it. rebellious means I'm going to get everything God has for me. So they, my parents warned me against this. I want it. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know if any of you can relate to that, right? So I pray. I lead them in a prayer. Better than me, they start speaking in tongues. I'm like, how did you guys do that? I didn't even make you go, I got da-da-ba-ba. But anyway, they start speaking in tongues. And there's one lady who's part of my worship team, and she comes to me after and said, "Andrew, you know, I've been prayed for many times to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I've been to Rhema as well, don't tell anyone. But in those days, man, I'm telling you what, there there were no charismaniacs around. There was the Holy Spirit, I'm talking like early 1980s. You know that the the restoration of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is very recent in South Africa. And so, I don't know where, you know, many of you are in terms of baptism in the Holy Spirit, how many of you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I want to say this to you. Jesus said, don't try and do what I've told you to do until you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, do you think it's something important to talk about? Do you think it's something very important to consider and so, this lady comes to me, and she says, you know, but, but I don't speak in, I didn't get the gift. Now, I'd been well taught by Ray McCauley. I, all the 10 minutes he had given me, I gave it to her, you know. But everyone gets the ability to pray in tongues. Everyone. It doesn't say one or two spoken tongues. It says they all spoke in tongues. Every example we have, they all spoke. So, I said to her, you know what, everyone gets to speak in tongues. Not everyone gets the gift, which is for the church, but... So she says to me, Andrew, you wasted your time. I'm just like, Lord Jesus, would you just full call it right now? Release her tongue. And she's going, Andrew, you are so totally wasting your shikara. Now we're in the Methodist church with a youth group that's spirit-filled. We are leading worship. And suddenly I see one of my guys flying across the room. Now I knew he couldn't fly. I've, I've been with him a long time. I've never seen him fly before. But he flew. I'm like, God. I know about walking on water, but flying, and then I see another one flying, and I realize there's this little 15-year-old girl in the corner manifesting demons. <laughs> we don't believe in demons in the Methodist church, Hey. So I'm like, sorry, they don't exist, you know, so would you please just stop? They didn't stop, so we had to start moving in casting demons out. Before we know it, Methodists are crawling out of the woodwork everywhere, coming for deliverance, healing, etc., getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're having these incredible moments. We start having moments where the presence of God just falls, and one night I'm leading worship, and the presence of God falls, and everyone starts laughing. I'm like, this is not a funny song, and then I start laughing. Guys, I'm talking about 1984. Some of you weren't born yet, This is long before anything happened in Toronto, the Father's Renewal. We're laughing, and I'm like, I I have never seen this in the Bible. Why is everyone laughing? Now, we're stuck to the floor. I'm on my back trying to play guitar. (laughs) Eventually, I gave up on the guitar, and we're just rolling around under the pews. The parents come. How many of you know that school kids don't drive? School kids shouldn't drive. Let's put it that way. My My teenage son rode off a couple of our cars. Um, That's why teenagers shouldn't drive. So, um, we've forgiven him, by the way. Yeah, he's he's okay now. Um, Parents come to fetch their kids, and they can't pick up their kids off the floor. They can't get them off the floor. So, some of the parents are getting hit by the Holy Spirit now. And suddenly, there's this group of Holy Spirit people in the Methodist church, Maybe in the Nederduitse gereformeerde kerk, I don't know, but wherever it might be, the Holy Spirit can fall. So Holy Spirit's there, and they decide we need an evening service, so we start an evening service. People are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and and the pastor comes and puts me in front of the board, and he says, "We believe that you are casting demons out of people." Like, <laughs> well, okay, you know. Kind of like Jesus before the scabs and the parasites, uh, uh, the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus hated religion, by the way. He hated religion. If there was one thing that Jesus never had anything good to say about, it was religion. Sinners flocked to Him, and the religious leaders He called whitewashed tombstones. He never had anything good to say about the the scabs and the parasites. Uh, The scribes and the Pharisees, sorry, I get confused. I don't know, but some of you may have been raised on religion like I was. I was raised on religion. And when I finally found the real Jesus, I was like, this is fun. Man, church actually became fun. And so, you know, I said to them, listen, guys, um, I tell you what. They said, it is our theology that if you try to cast a demon out of someone, you'll make them worse. So I said, fine. Next time there's a 15-year-old girl throwing around some big men in the meeting, please would you come and deal with it? I don't want to. We never saw them. When you're full of the power of God, stuff happens. Let me say this, friends. We didn't go looking for demons. They manifested because the presence of God came. If a demon manifests, the question to ask is, well, is it coming or going? (laughs) If it's going, that's a good thing, right? I'd never seen or heard of any of these things. What I'm saying to you is that there is a kingdom that Jesus brings— That you read about in the Bible, but you haven't experienced in church that much or in your upbringing much. And we have to ask ourselves the question, is the Bible true and does that kingdom exist? Carol and I have been in some incredible meetings. I've had times where after leading worship, I'm covered in gold dust. Man, shake that stuff off and sell it. But I've been in a meeting... I mean, I could, I could share a whole lot of stuff with you. I don't have time. I've only been given six hours. <laughs> Where the presence of God fell, and there were these particles that just shone like the sun, whirling around like a tornado going through the hall. i got a picture, I've got a video of me standing in the midst of this, and I was covered in this stuff afterwards. God is doing amazing things. Are we going to be a part of it? Heidi Baker, who ministers in in, uh, uh, Mozambique to the people that no one else wants to minister to, she is about to do the Jesus video, and they got their team praying, and Jesus baptizes them again, and tongues of fire become visible above all their heads. Isn't that cool? So much so that they could get a photo of it. In fact, they got videos and stuff of it. Tongues of fire. So you want to know what it looked like in the upper room? Something like that. Now, listen, as a man who was raised in a traditional church where Holy Spirit didn't exist, I had to make a choice. Am I going to stick with my tradition, or am I going to pursue these crazy things that are blowing my mind that Jesus does? I chose Holy Spirit. I say, I'll go with you. And, man, I'm not sad that I did that. These tongues of fire even if you don't ever see them, that's what happens when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when you pray for others to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I think we've tamed baptism in the Holy Spirit. We've put it in a nice little church box. If you want to receive the baptism, we'll pray for you, Lord Jesus, baptize me. Now we get you released in tongues. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Let's go. Tick that box. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit, friends, is meant to release something in you (laughs) that you could never bring about by yourself. Jesus said, wait until you receive it. When I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you, there was so much power. In the book of Acts, we see something about how the baptism of the Holy Spirit came. I've just got a couple of examples there from the book of Acts. Um, we, We spoke about the mandate. I'm going to quickly talk about the method, but then after that, I want us to look at the might of His power that comes with it. So, those are my three M's. If you want to say mm, mm-hmm, mm, mm-hmm, just say mm. I like I like alliteration. But the method, if we see in, t- in Acts what took place every single time the baptism of the Holy Spirit came, there was an incredible manifestation: Pentecost, tongues of fire. What about in Samaria? We have Simon the sorcerer, who's been used to doing very dark things and seeing the power of darkness. He sees people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he goes to Peter and he says, I will give you money to be able to do this. Obviously, it doesn't tell us what happened, but no one says, I'll give you money when they're used to having all these other crazy experiences for people just going, oh, thank you, Peter, for the prayer. That was lovely. Shote Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? So, we see all of these, but I want to say something, that after every single baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's a manifestation, and the primary sign of baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. How many of you are baptized in the Holy Spirit tonight? Can I just… Okay. I know so many people who baptize in the Holy Spirit, but they don't speak in tongues. And so, Carol and I prayed for literally thousands of people to get released in tongues Have been prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because everyone gets to speak in tongues. Not everyone gets the gift, but everyone gets the prayer language. And so, Carol and I, well, we've planted a few churches in different places, Namibia being one of them, Namibia being one of them, yeah, yeah, hallelujah. Um, And I got very ill. I burned myself out because I hadn't learned how to rest on Holy Spirit, and I I got very ill with a chronic disease, and I'm uh, at a wedding in KwaZulu-Natal, and I'm lying in bed, and I'm saying, Lord, I, I, I don't have the strength to do much for You, and suddenly, in the middle of the night, it's like the lights go on, and Jesus appears to me. Now, my wife gets a whole bunch of revelations and stuff I don't, and this was, you know, unusual for me, and He starts to speak to me. He shows me some things in heaven, and He says to me, Andrew, you feel like you can't do anything because of your illness. But he said, I want you to help the church become the church I'm coming back for. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Okay, what is that? He said, too much of the church is so focused on how it's always been done that they just keep perpetuating how it's always been done instead of asking, what does the church look like that Jesus is coming back for? How many of you would agree the church Jesus is coming back for looks a little different to what the church looks like today? Which one would you rather be a part of? Because there's two types of churches. There's the religious church, and there's the Jesus church. I want to say this to you. Jesus isn't coming back until the church is the church that Jesus is coming back for. And yes, that involves us reaching the nations, but it also involves us becoming so in love with Him, so much like Him, and I said, what's the difference, Jesus? Because I had been praying, Lord, take us back to the book of Acts. How many miracles happened in Acts, right? How many things? Dead raised, amazing things, tongues of fire amazing prophetic things, amazing healings, amazing miracles. Take us back to the book of Acts. And God said to me, I don't want to go back to the church of Acts. I don't want to go back to the early church. The church I'm coming back for is more powerful than the early church. And he said to me, in the early church, the apostles did all the good stuff. In the church I'm coming back for, every member's doing that. It's not about the man or woman of power. It's not about who has the mic, who's on the stage. It's about every one of you having the same Holy Spirit. Amen. So the Holy Spirit in you is supposed to activate you with fire. But fire is not very polite. We want to keep the fire in that little firebox over there. And and so in so many churches, even spiritful churches, Christians are not letting the power of the Holy Ghost out. He wants out. When you pray in tongues, I know so many people, they baptize in the Holy Spirit praying in tongues. Many of you let me ask you, how often do you pray in tongues? God said this to me, do you know that I gave tongues? Paul said this to the Corinthian church, I thank God I pray in tongues more than all of you put together, (laughs) and they prayed a lot. He had to rebuke them for praying in tongues too much in church. So, God values tongues. So, he said to me, Andrew, I love motorbike riding, okay, so I I would take my bike for rides, that would be my relaxation, and he said, whenever you start that bike, you pray in tongues, So, it became just like, Uh, and for safety reasons, any bikers here, I recommend you pray in tongues while you do that, but I started prioritizing praying in tongues so much, and then (laughs) I'm at this meeting where something happens, and I I want to play a little video for you. Is that okay? Do you mind if I play a little video for you? It's a three-minute video, um, and I want you to see what you say, have you ever wondered what you're saying when you pray in tongues? Because Paul says your mind's unfruitful. You don't know what you're saying. A couple weeks well, let's play this video. And
1: uh, um, one of the, I think we had a team of students. One of the students, while he was praying in tongues, uh, a young lady asked him uh, where he learned uh, Hebrew, and he was praying in perfect Hebrew, and he says, "I don't know Hebrew." And he, so he's praying in perfect Hebrew, and the strange thing is, is throughout the entire trip he could basically, almost at will, just begin to pray in Hebrew. There was just that anointing on him. So they got somebody there to translate. So th- this is kind of quickly, and and it doesn't flow together well, because if you can imagine, they're trying to translate what this guy's praying, you know. And uh, God, I long for you. You abide. He will judge and give us prophecies you will judge and say you're in the sky with the angels of fire that's a good one Um, you are are our God uh, for the weak Uh, um, hear me God I am in peace God King you are in my tongue (laughs) isn't that awesome you wrote everything you are life the king will rise up the fire will rise up the fire will come We hope hope you will sit with us. You will judge. You will show us the hidden. Uh, We will be together in life. Lots and lots and lots of glory. You're alive. God, God will give. You are with your angels. Give us fire on the poor. Uh, God, your angels will hear. Your angel sits with you. You will listen to him. It just goes on and on. And then he goes into, come for the people. You will blow on us. You will come for the rabbis. Give them wisdom. Come on, is that awesome? We'll come. That's that awesome? He's praying in the spirit in Israel God, you're coming for the rabbis. Just, just prophesy, you're coming for the rabbis. Uh, you will return. Stick to you. Judge all life. Bring fire. You will bring rest and destroy all sicknesses. You are one, there will be no sicknesses. Bring them life, Yeshua will come. He is the God of the living. For the living, there will be no sicknesses. Captives, God will advise. Kiss us. King of the living, you are above all sicknesses. And for animals too. All creation groans, the scripture says. Father. You are alive in the in the name of the living. Be with me. It's not above God, but on the people. King of the living, you are alive. No sicknesses. I'm picking up a theme here. Give us more fruitfulness. Understand. Give us wisdom. King of the living. No sicknesses. He will bring us the true nature. Isn't that, isn't that just amazing? Wow. We don't we don't ever take prophecy and make it equal with scripture, but. How many of you recognize some scriptures in that in that uh, translation? That was kind of fun.
0: Hmm. Isn't that cool? You know, um, any of you ever had one of those kettles that when it boils it whistles? You know, something like that. My imitation is probably not as good as your kettle, but you don't say the kettle's whistling; you say the kettle's boiling. Tongues is kind of like that. We can just pray in tongues, but tongues is a sign that you have the boiling going on inside. And so many of us are trying to keep the boiling down. I feel like God is about to bring a revival. He is judging the nations. He is removing the idols. But at the same time, there's a revival coming. And there is going to be an outpouring of His Spirit that you can become a part of. I feel like God is saying that, You have a choice whether you're going to pursue the Spirit with all you have. And this church, I really sense this passion on you. There is such a passion in this church for the things of the Spirit. The disciples found it easy to step out in the things of the Spirit because they'd watched Jesus do it over and over. We're not having that advantage because we don't grow up seeing these things, and so we have to renew our minds. John Wimber, one of the greatest healing ministers of the last century, said, I must have prayed for about a hundred people before one got saved or healed. (laughs) So, are you going to get disappointed when it doesn't work, or are we going to press in and say, God, we're going to press in until we see the fullness of this thing? God's got more for us. You see, the might that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power, Acts 1 verse 8, you know this scripture, right? But you will receive power, might, When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. In other words, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just for you to get tongues, but for those tongues to be like a gateway to release the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to release the boldness inside of you to go and reach the nations. Now I'm preaching to the converted. (laughs) To go and reach the nations. I want to say this to you. Some of you grew up in a church like mine where it was like, we have these perfect tracks. Beautiful tracks. We lay the tracks in the Word. They are laid on solid sleepers. We had a lot of sleepers in the church. Beautiful tracks, but we ain't got no train. And then there were the charismaniacs on the other extreme, like train with no tracks. Just riding over people, offending, what have you. You got to bring the tracks and the train together. So you can be a church, you might have grown up in a church, we've got solid teaching, solid word, it's all done in order, but we've got no train. But we don't want to go to the other extreme where you're so crazy that no one can relate to you. You put the train on the tracks, the power of the Holy Spirit through the word of the Holy Spirit, and you allow God to take you places. He's bringing the train back on the tracks, and you know, um... In this vision that I had with with Jesus, he said to me, you have heard, now I was part of the faith movement in those early days, and before I got involved in what was Every Nation, when it first started, 1987, man, I was part of the charismatic church and the faith movement. and, And so he said to me, you have heard and taught that faith is the currency of heaven. Any of you ever heard that? And he said, that's not true. I said, Jesus, that's heresy. He said, no, love is the currency of heaven faith, open and love. The greatest of these is love. No kingdom transaction, no true kingdom transaction can take place without love, He said to me. If I can speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm just a clanging gong or symbol." Do you know what's happened with many of the charismatic churches or whatever is that they can move in the gifts, you can move in the power, but if you don't have love, the church Jesus is coming back for is a church that's full of love. People can come into your church and be attracted by miracles, but I want to tell you, if there's no love, they won't stay. What the world is hungry for right now is true love. And so this word, baptized, is an interesting word. Can I tell you what it means quickly? It's baptizo. Everyone say baptizo. I know a little Greek. She lived down the road from us when I was growing up. Um, This word, baptizo, literally means to immerse or submerge like a sunken vessel. That's why we believe in baptism by full immersion. But, you know, listen, if you're in the desert and there's not enough water, I just believe God will, let's not get stuck on, you know, all the... But when it comes to baptism in the Holy Spirit, what does that look like? We know that baptism in water, man, you're immersed, you're sunken. It's illustrative of dying to self, being like Jesus in the grave, rising up with new life. But baptism in the Holy Spirit... Same word. That word is used by the Greeks to pickle something. How do you make a gherkin? How many of you like gherkins? Ich bin ein Deutscher. Of course we love gherkins. Grew up on gherkins. Now, you don't make a gherkin by taking your cucumber like a rask and just dipping it in the vinegar. All you have then is a cucumber with a little vinegar on it, right? <laughs> now, that's how a lot of Christians are with baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. There you go. Lovely. You've got the vinegar. Sunday bere basa toko. Hallelujah. And you go on your way. Now, you see, this word baptizo means to abide, stay, remain in that stuff until you take on its nature. So, a lot of Christians who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit by having a prayer, receiving tongues, but they're not baptized by remaining in His presence until they take on His nature. And that's why I believe the church has a bad name. Because we got the teachings. We got... The, the rules, we don't have the love, and we don't have His nature, and the world can tell the difference, because I'll tell you what the new generation is looking for. They're looking for authenticity, They're look, not looking for great teaching. They're not even looking for the miracles. They want to know, are you authentic? Do you really love me? Do you really live the life that you claim to live? And so, the other word that's used is to die, to take something of one color, put it in, and bring it out another color. So, I want to say this, friends. Every time you're praying in tongues, every time you're immersing yourself, someone might say, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1981, it was a glorious day. What did He do for you this morning? In the shower, <laughs> on your motorbike, in your car, on the way here. We should be continuously baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do not be drunk on wine, but be continuously, ever continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. So, when you are filled with the anointing and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have the same spirit Jesus has. He wants you to take on His nature and do the miracles. What did He say to His disciples? I'm going to just bring up one more scripture here. He said to His disciples, guys, you know what? Uh, tell you what? Just go from town to town, and as you go, I just want you to do a few things. It's quite easy, really. What did He say? So tell them the kingdom of heaven is Yep. Yeah, we can do that, Jesus. Heal the sick. Uh-huh, we've seen a few healings. Okay. Mm, raise the dead, Mm. cleanse those who have leprosy. We don't touch the lepros, Jesus. Drive out the demons, freely I've given, freely you've received, freely give. Jesus thinks that's easy when you've got His Spirit and His authority and His nature. That's what His church is going to look like that He comes back for. So I want to ask you, I know we're not there yet, but are you moving closer? Are you pressing in more for the things of Jesus? I'm like, God, I want to be more like that today than I was yesterday. I want to be more like that tomorrow than I was today. Because God wants to use this church to impact the city in a way that's going to remove the religion that the scribes and Pharisees' spirit has put on this place. He's going to give you the sword of the spirit to break through into people's lives, and I'm going to tell you that one of the most powerful things you can do is love. I know this is a crazy kind of concept for some people. It's like, we're going to go out there and preach like anything well, if you preach without love, it's going to have no impact. His nature, His love is going to come upon you in a greater measure than ever before. So, I, I spoke about the mandate. I spoke about the method. I spoke about the mind. And the last slide is about the end. There it is. Um, thank you. I had to have another thee. I don't know why. I worship the the. I want to say this, guys, in closing. There is more. There's always more. If I'm healed by just one touch of your garment, how much more is there than I've tasted, Lord? And I feel like Holy Spirit is stirring this church. You set aside a month of fire, right? I feel like God is stirring this church to say, okay, do you really want me to answer to the depth that I want to answer? Some of you baptized in the Holy Spirit, He wants to release you more in tongues, wants to get you more on fire. Some of you aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to pray for you. Some of you are not baptizing yourselves in the Holy Spirit every day. You're not being fooled by Him every day. There's a new walk coming where the church that He's coming back for is so in love, so much like Him, so much power, so much anointing, so much presence. I'm going to ask you to stand, you know, stand with me. Uh, Not with me. The stage is too small. Just stand where you are. Stand on your feet. Unless you've got another way of doing it. Those of you that do pray in tongues, I want to say this. You know, I remember my father saying to me, "Yeah, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I only got two words. I remember those two words. It was Gitu Pasana. I don't know why I remember that. That was like many decades ago, maybe a century ago. I can't remember. But, you know, many of you, when you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, just got a couple of words. And, you know, a lot of people, when I was praying in tongues, I was just like, you know, for the first little while. And God said to me, you know what, at Pentecost, they spoke languages that people understood. Now, He's done that many times, like that example we heard about the mission in Israel. He said to me, Andrew, I want to give you tongues like a language so that when I do give you an understandable language, you've practiced speaking it like a language. So, I feel like Holy Spirit wants to expand your vocabulary tonight. Is that okay? So I went from Bada, Bada, Bada to And he changes my language. Praying for my daughter-in-law when she was on deathbed, I was going and all of a sudden this Native American rose up. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. yo <laughs> yo he gave me Italian. Nesti, so sote, brave. I don't know, Greek, Italian, whatever. I mean, it's... he changes your language. Now, why am I harping on tongues? Because tongues is the gateway. The more you pray in tongues, the more you get your mind out the way and you allow your spirit to come forth. Then more prophetic flows. Then the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow. Then more boldness flows. So I'm telling you now if you're going to start with one thing, because I don't want you to start with 100 things, start with tongues. Start trusting God. When you pray in tongues, something miraculous is going to happen and shift in your soul. The more I pray in tongues, the more He does in me and through me. I had a friend who was driving in his car and a hairy hairy demon, hairy demon came and sat on his windscreen and blocked his view. And he was like, whoa, he's about to rebuke the snot out of him. And the Holy Spirit said, just pray in tongues. So he starts, and it was like these swords came out of the air and just like lambasted this thing till it just like exploded. Cheers! (laughs) See friends, when you go home at night and it's dark, okay, load shedding, a lot of you do that. But when it's dark at night and it's not load shedding, do you shout at the darkness? Darkness, go away! I don't like you! Get out of my house! No, you just turn on the... So we don't have to fight the devil. We just bring the light. One of the things he said to me, too many of my children are spending their spiritual energy fighting the devil. when I just pray in tongues, he starts to bring more light, he starts to bring more of heaven. Release the light, worship. I tell you what, what God will do in worship. One worship session, we had this wind blowing through the place. One of the leaders stands up, he says, That's not the air conditioning. This is the Holy Spirit's busy blowing through this place. Can I stand in there and I love hearted David worship? conferences been to every one of them we smell this perfume it's like some lady came from the gym and is just pumping it so that no one can smell you know what the gym was like, like well, who's doing that again one of the leaders stands up he says the presence of jesus and his perfume just entered this place how many of you would like that to happen in your church it can because you can stand in the glory and presence and most anointed worship and it'll just bounce off you If you still have those veils of religiosity, of, no, I'm okay. Just do it the way it's always been done. I don't want to press in for more. I want to stay in my comfort zone. Do you want to press out of your comfort zone tonight? So, Holy Spirit, I'm praying for every person. I'm praying for everyone who is baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who just ask that's all you got to do so man if you don't baptize in the holy spirit pray this prayer with me lord jesus everyone said with me lord jesus you baptize in the holy spirit and fire i ask you now lord jesus come baptize me in your holy spirit i receive it now there it is now those of you who are baptized Receive a fresh baptism right now. Holy Spirit, come baptize me with a fresh baptism. Increase, 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 Holy Spirit. Fresh baptism. Now, Holy Spirit, would you release those who've never prayed in tongues, would you release their tongue right now? And those who are tongue prayers, I ask that you'd increase their vocabulary. I'm going to ask you to just start praying in tongues right now. Just start to speak out loud and let more words come. Increase vocabulary, Lord. I ask that you would release more power as we pray in the Holy Spirit right now. I ask that you would release an increased anointing of boldness, a release of the gifts, get minds out of the way, get tradition out of the way, get religion out of the way. We want to be the church you're coming back for. Just start to let more words come. New vocabulary, words you've never spoken before. you might even change your language. Says she, the boyate ke pese debrato, le visanietasta huore brato kolebrita, ni osende steke sando, le pianam osheri, ma si brava sori kish tanashende. Ha ha ha. Thank you, Jesus. So friends, I want to say this, when you go home tonight, pray in tongues, when you wake up tomorrow morning, if you will take just one week, just take this week, and say, Lord Jesus, I want to increase the flow of your Holy Spirit through me by praying in the Spirit more than I've ever done before, and watch what happens, watch what happens, people get uncomfortable in church when people are shouting in tongues and stuff, and I understand Paul saying. You don't want too much tongue speaking and all the rest in church because you want visitors to come, etc. But I want to say this to you, tonight's a little different because the Holy Spirit is doing something. He's shifting this core group right here. That doesn't mean you have to, you know, shout in tongues every time you gather. But I'm saying to you that when you are in your small groups, when you are in the places where everyone is baptized in the Holy Spirit, release that because that anointing that is going to come upon this church, this is one of the keys to unlocking it. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray for a fresh, whatever position of receiving, I pray for a fresh release of your Holy Spirit right now. I want you not to pray, not to sing, because you can't drink and speak at the same time. I want you to take a drink right now. Take a drink. Take a fresh breath. Holy Spirit, (laughs) increase, release. us again how much more will the father give the holy spirit to those who just ask ask fall on each one in this place give them a fresh hunger a fresh passion give them a fresh anointing a fresh baptism that we may fulfill the discipling of the nations in love in presence in power in your nature. I bless this church. I bless their passion for more of you. Lord, answer the cry of their hearts in Jesus' name.